is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. Diversify. Don't just put all your eggs in one export market. Think about what other export markets you could do well at, and EDC will help you figure that out. With Export Development Canada, doing business abroad doesn't need to be risky. We take on the risks so you can think bigger and grow confidently. EDC, take on the world. Listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Managing Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Jen Coldry, the Executive Director of the Upside Foundation, on the Thrive Podcast today. Jennifer helps people figure out how to make a difference through their businesses. She's a champion for ensuring Canadian tech has a positive impact. She's been recognized as one of the top most powerful women in Canada by WXN, top 30 under 30 sustainability leaders by Corporate Nights, and one of Ryerson DMZ's 30 inspirational women making a difference in tech. She's a seasoned professional and thought leader at the intersection of business strategy and social impact. She also helps tech startups tie their long-term success to a contribution back to their community at the Upside Foundation. A frequent contributor to the Canadian tech community, she's spoken at SAS North, Elevate, TechTO, Dovetail, and has been featured in the Globe and Mail and Beta Kit. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. Fantastic. So uh, before we kind of kick into into gear with all of our different questions that we have today, what's one thing that you'd like early stage women entrepreneurs to take out of our chat? I think what I would love for people to take away from this is just a recognition that if they are looking to make a difference in the world through their business, which I know a lot of entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs, are looking to do, is that it is actually really easy to do so and to start embedding that into your business right from day one. So can you describe a little bit about the Upside Foundation uh, and what the organization is to all of our listeners who are not familiar? Absolutely. So the Upside Foundation is a charity that works with early stage 
stage high growth companies who want to make a difference in the world, but don't have any money to donate or any time to volunteer. But through us, they can actually allocate equity in their company for charity. So it's a way of saying, we don't, we can't give today, but we plan to be really successful one day. And when we are successful and we have that liquidity event, some of the proceeds from that are going to go to the charity of our choice. So you can make this commitment up front without actually having to donate the cash until you have that liquidity event one day down the road. Incredible. That seems like a, a really fantastic solution for people who are not quite ready to uh, make that jump and, and pledge uh, some of their profits early on or when they're in their startup stage. But uh, being able to find um, an opportunity to uh, uh, go down that path later. I love that. So can you explain um, the Pledge 1% movement um, and how it impacts our communities? Yeah, so the Pledge 1% movement sort of originated through Salesforce. So Salesforce was one of the first companies that did this one 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 model where they pledged 1% of company time, so their um, employees' volunteering time, 1% of their company equity, and 1% of their product to charities. And so they launched this in, to, in uh, 1999 when they first launched Salesforce. And out of that, they started partnering with a few other different entrepreneurial foundations and launched Pledge one percent as a charity. So through Pledge One Percent, uh, companies can donate one percent of profits, one percent of equity, one percent of product, one percent of time to charities um, as a way of saying, you know, we're we're going to give back, and they're very flexible about how you can give back. Um, we here at the Upside Foundation focus specifically on the equity pledges, partly because we were founded by venture capitalists and figured that this was the easiest way for companies who are planning to be very large and successful would be able to make a big impact in the long run. And what has been your response from entrepreneurs and their response to this model in general? Have they been very receptive to it or um, was there sort of initial uh, maybe hesitation at first in in, uh, making that pledge? Yeah, absolutely. So today we have 265 companies who have pledged to give back with us. So there's certainly a lot of companies that value this and want to make this a part of their culture from an early stage. Um, Certainly it's not for everybody, but for those who really do want to make a difference in the world, um, this is a really easy and relatively simple way that they can do that without having to spend a ton of time thinking about um, how exactly they're going to make that happen. Mm. And so as entrepreneurs are are trying to identify potential charitable functions that they want to donate to, what's that process? How are they identifying where they want to invest those funds? Yeah, great question. So there's a few different times when they can make that choice about which charity they'd like to support. So some people walking in from day one already have a cause that's very near and dear to their heart that they would like to support. Um, So we see some people selecting right from day one. We see a lot of people saying, you know what, I'm building a business and that's hard enough. I don't have time to think about where I want my money to go yet. So I'm going to postpone that decision until the day I sell my company. So for example, uh, last summer, one of our companies um, had an exit. They um, they were listed on a, on, a, on a stock exchange. And at that point, they said, you know, we're a clean tech company. So we'd like to give back in, um, in the sort of clean tech environmental space. And so they worked, they asked us to help them identify some companies or sorry, some charities doing great work in ocean conservation. So we worked with them to help them identify some really impactful charities in that space. Um, and then other companies will wait until they are a little bit larger and 
and have a really strong team and they feel it's time to put in place a more robust corporate social responsibility program. So for example, Sensible had joined the Upside Foundation when they were at a relatively early stage. And once they reached about 60 employees, they decided to, to build a corporate social responsibility program called Responsible. So they focused all around mental health. So they made sure, uh, you know, as as is best practice with with corporate social responsibility programs, that they took care of their their in house first. So made sure there was really great programming and resources and support for their employees around mental health. They allocated their upside donation to uh, CAMH, which does really great work around mental health. And then they were able to provide volunteering opportunities for their employees to go to CAMH and play sports with some of the patients receiving treatments there. So it was a really beautiful way of bringing this commitment to life for their team members. Incredible. Uh, I'm sure the stories out of this are, are really special and definitely very touching. I'm sure that uh, uh, that would be great to see in real life. Uh, so I um, I've imagine that during this whole process um, of, of building the Upside Foundation, um, I know that uh, in, in our notes that um, you've mentioned that it was a solo sort of organization for a number of years. Now you have a small team. How has this um, sort of exploded over the last couple of years as people are trying to focus on um, CSR, on, on uh, having charitable um, sort of um, opportunities within their organizations? What has been the evolution of the Upside Foundation? Yeah, great question. Um, so we were founded uh, a few years ago by venture capitalists who wanted to mm-hmm. see this become more prevalent in Canadian tech um, and ran it entirely pro bono. So it was run by, um, it, was, it started by, by three people, uh, Robin Toniatis from Information Venture Partners, Mark Skapinker from BrightSpark Ventures, and Janie Goldstein, who was our executive director for the first three years. Um, and they pulled together an amazing board. They got all the legal structures in place, figured out how to actually structure these donations and really build up a very strong foundation for the foundation. For the foundation. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then three and a half years ago, brought me on board. So once they had 50 companies, I said, okay, you know what? This is a thing. People want to do this. There's definitely an appetite for this in Canada. Let's find a, a full-time employee to actually help us take this to the next level. So I was brought in three and a half years ago, um, and uh, and and again we were just seeing if if there was if there was even more of an appetite for this, and if we could grow this into a larger organization. So uh, over the the next three years, uh, working, um, I was the only staff on the ground, but we certainly had a lot of support from from the board and from our advisors, and so we grew to. I guess it would have been just over 200 companies um, before being able to bring on a, another full-time employee. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was definitely quite the journey. Um, I always joke that I had about 12 different jobs that I was doing, um, but it's been um, it's been a real treat just to get to, to interact with thousands of startup founders and leaders in the tech community. And there's just been so much, so much support for this from the corporate funders who, who fund our work from all of the accelerators and incubators who support our work. So we've really been able to build an amazing network um, across Canada and, and a lot of support for this. Incredible. And so because you've been with the organization for a number of different years, what are the trends that you've seen in social impact um, since you started working with the Upside Foundation? 
Yeah, I actually just published a blog post about this. Oh, okay. um, I had I had the pleasure of uh, heading down to Dreamforce, which is mm. Salesforce's large conference, um, the other week, and, and observed a few things there that I that I thought were fascinating. Um, and I think the the biggest trend that I'm seeing, especially going into to 2020, is around the SDGs. So the United Nations has set um, 17 Sustainable Development Goals uh, SDGs that are really um, I love. I, I had never heard this until I was at Dreamforce, but it's called the world's to-do list. So it's basically the biggest problems facing the world. So things like gender equality, things like um, life on water, life sorry, life underwater, life on land, um, sustainable development, that sort of thing. So all the, the biggest problems in the world. And what we're starting to see is companies really taking this framework and starting to see how the work they do on a day-to-day basis, their charitable and community donations, um, and and the way they, they treat their employees are aligning with those, those major goals. So we're seeing companies that are selecting, you know, two or four or six of the goals that align with what they're already doing and starting to report on how they are making progress against these larger goals. And it's just a really beautiful way that instead of saying, you know, we personally have a goal to accomplish, uh, you know, gender parity within our organization, they're saying we recognize that the world sees this as one of the biggest problems facing us today. And here's how we're contributing to solving the world's greatest problems. So it's just a really beautiful framework and common language across business and government and nonprofit around the world. That's what I, I love that about the SDGs and, and the sustainable development goal materials that it's very easy to digest. So I think people can really see how they can contribute to specific um, SDG goals and, and make some immediate action. Um, so I think that's been packaged really beautifully. Absolutely. Um, with your upside membership, so I believe it's 29% of your upside members are run by women um, as opposed to the industry yes. being 5%. So are there any trends that you're seeing um, amongst women entrepreneurs and um, um, the social impact trends that they are following. Yeah, great question. I mean, we 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 always debate whether uh, whether this twenty nine percent is is a good number. Of course, mm-hmm. everyone would like to see fifty percent, and there, there's always been um, you know a bit of a, a sentiment that women tend to start businesses for more community or charity oriented purposes than men do. Um, so we always wondered if we'd actually see more than fifty percent of our companies being run by women, um, but because the industry average of, of companies that are run by women is only 5%. We're, we're seeing that we're about six times that. So we feel like wow. that's a, a pretty solid number. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely think that there is um, a, a lot of women starting really great um, interesting businesses. Um, I think women do tend to start businesses that are uh, more focused on solving um uh, different types of problems than, than what men are solving. Um, and, and we certainly have... Um, a really amazing community of, of women entrepreneurs who find, um, you know, it's not always easy to be a, a woman entrepreneur in the tech community. Uh, often women feel like they don't see a lot of other women. Um, and so it is nice to be able to, to find in our community a number of, of peers where they can uh, find people who are facing similar challenges as them and, and learn from how they have been able to navigate the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that community element being really important. Um, and, and so the community of Upside members, what does that community look like? How do they engage um, at sort of collectively all working potentially to work with different charities or focusing on different goals? Yeah, so this is one of the things that that I'm the most proud of. And certainly um, our, our new community manager, uh, Gabrielle Foss, has done an amazing job facilitating this uh, in the few months that she's been here. Um, but we, we really have pulled together an amazing community 
community here. And we recognize that founders tend to be very lonely and they tend to not know a lot of other founders. And of course, the two things that our founders have in common are that they are extremely ambitious, very driven and plan to build a very successful business mm-hmm. and that they Sing have. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They, they also have this goal of, of wanting to do good in the world and wanting to make a difference. So mm-hmm. to me, I, I'm very biased, but I think our we have you know the best of, of all the startup founders in our community. Um, but we do, we host a lot of events for them. So we host larger quarterly events. Um, so for example, we'll do AMAs with, with some of Canada's most successful entrepreneurs. Um, we have a Slack channel. So one of the things that we've, we've struggled with is that, you know, when you host an event, you can only host it in one city at a time. And we do host events across the country, but it's challenging when you're a small team um, mm-hmm. to, to be able to host those consistently. So we found our Slack community has been a really great way to enable people in Toronto as well as everyone outside of Toronto to be able to connect with this broader network. So we see people posting there you know, um, I'm looking to hire for this role. Does anyone have anyone to recommend? Or I'm looking for a recommendation on a lawyer who's had a really great experience with a lawyer that they would recommend. So it's just become this really great place where people know they can go to find help and support from people um, as, as they're growing their businesses. Mm, I love that focus on the digital network, that it is so relevant, um, and especially when, um, you know, it, when you don't have a lot of time as well to meet face-to-face. A community event can feel like a time-consuming um, sort of part of your day as well. If you can connect with somebody on Slack very quickly, get some ideas, brainstorm, um, and extend that network uh, across Canada, there's a lot of benefit there. Exactly. Great. So in terms of uh, your experience, so I'm interested in, in getting um, a bit more uh, background on you. So how did you start uh, with the Upside Foundation? What were you doing before you joined this group as well? Yeah, so I, I'd always wanted to to make a difference in the world, which I think is is fairly common as, as mm. <laughs> many millennials are, are raised with this sort of yes. notion. Um, so I but I, I didn't quite know what that would look like. Um, and, and when I was younger, I didn't have a, a whole, you know, a ton of exposure to, to the different types of opportunities available here. Um, so my sights were set on international development work. I figured that was the best way to make an impact. Um, and I actually spent some time in Kenya um, and walked away from that fairly disillusioned with the um, the international development world and found that there was, you know, a, a fair amount of corruption. And I just, I, I walked away from that not believing that um, the current structure for international development was necessarily achieving the goals that it had set out to. Um, and so I, I decided that that path was for me at that time, but I didn't know where else to go. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to go to business school and focus on, on, you know, doing more of a business focus and uh, get some relevant skills and, and come back and try again when I have a, a, a new theory of how to, how to make the world a better place. So I, I went into consulting. I started at a boutique consulting firm and joined Deloitte. We were acquired by Deloitte shortly afterwards. So I spent about four and a half years uh, doing the the corporate consulting thing, which was a lot of fun. Um, But after a while, I decided I needed to to get back to my my impact roots. Um, So I did a brief stint doing corporate social responsibility consulting. And that was fascinating just to learn about, you know, I think, I think many people think that corporate social responsibility consulting is, you know, the nice, easy way to, to work for, for a corporation and give back. Uh, but it really is quite a, a professional um, arena in and of itself. And there's a lot of um, expertise that takes many years to, to develop there. So that was fascinating to get an, uh, a glimpse into that world and understand all the different elements of corporate social responsibility and, and how large companies think about that. And then I started to, to learn about these these 
things called tech startups. And, you know, before this, I never thought tech sounded very interesting to me. I was more of a people person than a tech kind of person. Um, and I started to meet some people who worked. I actually met um, Chris Stefanik, who works for Wattpad, who is actually an Out and Upside member, um, and uh, and a few other folks. And I thought, you know, this tech startup thing sounds way more interesting than than this corporate thing. I, I might want to give this a try. Um, and, and I wanted to do something a little bit more um, operational, a little bit more hands-on. I wanted to build something instead of consulting from the outside. Uh, so when the upside, when I stumbled upon the upside opportunity, which enabled me to you know, take something that had a really solid base and build on it from there and really have the opportunity to get into all the different elements of the operations because I was going to be the, the first full-time employee and the only employee for the time being. Um, I, I just had to jump at it and it ended up being such a perfect fit. Um, I, the, the board here is is fantastic and has done so much to support me. Um, it's it's obviously a very social role and that definitely aligns with my skill sets. And, you know, I, I, I joke that I, I network for a living and, and I, I really do spend most of my time either at an events or, or on the phone or meeting with people for, for coffee. Um, and so it's just been just been such a treat over the last few years to get to, to know so many wonderful people in the space and get to help so many entrepreneurs live their dream of, of making a difference in the world. Mm, incredible. And, and so when you started with the Upside Foundation, being the only employee, um, how did you manage uh, sort of your time and your energy? And, and clearly, you're, you're unbelievably passionate about the subject matter. So how did you balance um, everything else on top of your passion and energy in, in your job? Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is the the thing you you realize very quickly when you're in an entrepreneurial type role than this like this is that how you decide to spend your time is directly dis- it leads to whether you are successful or not. So, mm. you know, it, it is very liberating to have so much freedom and autonomy to decide what you're going to do and how you're going to spend your time. But it's also a lot of pressure because if Absolutely, you succeed, yeah. it means you made good choices about that. And if you don't succeed, well, that's that's on you. <laughs> it's a direct reflection right back at you. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, certainly a lot of a lot of recalibration over the years and and learning how to how to focus. Um, you know, having running all the, the 12 different roles that it takes to, to run yeah. an organization like this. Um, you, you definitely always feel like you're, you're dropping a, a lot of balls that you would like to have, you know, achieve much more on. And it feels like progress is much slower than you would like it to be. Um, mm-hmm. I think something I had to learn fairly early on was just this ability to, to let go, um, and to mm-hmm. really focus on prioritizing and, and thinking about, you know, what is the most important thing that I need to be doing and giving myself some grace for, for not getting to everything else. Um, I, uh, you know, I, 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 Certainly, I'm not where I would like to be in terms of of all the different elements of of <laughs> of this my my role here. My my email inbox uh, response time is not <laughs> not always great. Um, <laughs> Something's got to give. <laughs> exactly, but uh, but I, I I do my best to sort of keep focused on what the the top priorities are for for now and uh, and sort of you know give myself a little bit of grace for letting everything else move slower than I yeah. would like it to. Yeah, giving yourself grace. I, I always tell myself, you know, be gentle on yourself. I think that sentiment that sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves um, when we are taking on so many different challenges and, you know, or working in different organizations with different mandates, shifting careers, being entrepreneurial, whatever uh, sort of position that you're in, sometimes it can be very um, hard to just take a moment and be gentle on yourself and, and recognize all of this um, really powerful work that you're doing and, and, and um, associate a lot of value, value to that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So while you're planning all of these different things that are happening uh, this year, what is on deck for 2020? What are you working on for next year? So, I mean, we, we, this was a a really uh, strong year for us in terms of building out a really solid foundation for, for Upside's growth. Um, So this was the first year that we launched a corporate partnership program. So we brought on board some amazing corporate partners who have really supported us and, and helped us get to a point where we can have um, this this second full-time employee, this community manager. Uh, we've gotten our events to this place where you know we, we really understand what our members value and how to execute on those uh, fairly efficiently. Um, so we're really excited next year just to, to sort of take all that work and, and grow from there. Um, Gabby, our community manager, has done an amazing job at building out um, a strong sort of uh, business development uh, practice, if you will, um, and then looking at you know the data and looking at what's working and how we're how we're um, recruiting new new um, companies to, to come on board with us. And, and, you know, she's, she's done an amazing job built, starting to build a lot of her own relationships in the community. So I think next year will just be about how do we get as many people on board as possible and find as many people who share this desire to want to make a difference in the world through their company and bring them into our, our community. Fantastic. Well, on behalf of Startup Canada, I can say that we are 100% behind you in this initiative and can't wait to see uh, what, what's on deck in, in 2020. Thank you. You know, it, it really has been incredible to see that the community rally around this so much. And, and we, you know, we, we can only be successful when uh, when the community is rallied around this. Yeah. I mean, having a team of, of <laughs> two full time people, um, you know, there's only so much we can do. So we really depend on having the support of, you know, every accelerator and incubator and investor and 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 community organization like you guys so so thank you so much for for mm-hmm. your support and and you know we really do um uh we are very grateful for for all the the support we've received from across mm-hmm. the country fantastic so if you can leave our listeners with one piece of advice um that they can implement in their businesses immediately uh, what would that be today um, I think it would just be to, to not, um, you know, it's, it's so easy to get uh, lost in, in the day-to-day and in, you know, the, the struggles and the challenges of building a business, but to, to give yourself that, that time and space to think about what you want your legacy to be and what you want to accomplish through your business and how you can make a difference in the world. Um, and of course, we'd love for, for Upside to be a part of that, but we're, just as you said, we're, we're cheering on everybody who is looking to make a difference with their business and however they're going to do that. Um, but just sort of thinking bigger picture about how you can really um, think bigger in, in making an impact in the world through your your business. And, and you don't have to wait until you're, you're larger. You can think about that from day one, just like, you know, a big company like, like Salesforce did. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for, for uh, joining us today, Jen. This was unbelievably inspiring. I feel like I want to go look at the sustainable development goals right now and see what I can <laughs> do at the moment uh, and link it up to the Upside Foundation. So thank you for sharing all of your thoughts, uh, your inspiring path, and, and we can't wait to see what's next for the Upside Foundation next year. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kayla. Great. Thanks. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Matthew Curtis and plug in to the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.